Hi. How are you doing today? I am doing pretty well. I've been a bit stressed today, but that's fine. It's whatever. It's okay. And I'm happy to have the opportunity to do to do this episode today because I feel like it's going to help me wind down a little bit, feel a little less stressed, and focus on what's really important. Because here's the thing about being stressed. I always have to remind myself, like, I have anxiety, okay? So I get stressed for no apparent reason. And that's kind of what's what's going on today. Like, I have a lot of things to do, which I think is why I initially got kind of stressed out, but it's not like there's anything crazy going on, okay? It's just that I get in my head, and then I get anxious, and it's like, why are you anxious? But I just am. And it feels like there's nothing I can do about it. But there is, okay? And one of those, one of the things that I have to force myself to do when I get anxious about things is to realign my perspective and just kind of like open it up a little bit and think, okay, things are fine, all right? This is a small, this is one day in, in eternity And these are small things that you're worrying about that you don't need to be worrying about. And once I kind of open up my perspective and think about things in a bigger sense, it helps me realize that the things that I'm looking at in front of me are not as big as I thought that they were. And they're actually pretty small. chapters 9 and 10, Mark 5, and Luke 9. And pretty much the main theme of Come Follow Me this week is faith and also serving the Lord and how having faith can help us serve the Lord and how serving the Lord can help us have faith. All right. So I'm going to just get into it right now. All right. We're going to start off by talking about having faith no matter your circumstance. And before I even get into what I have written down, today, so I have a widget on my phone for the Gospel Library app that gives me a different, like, general conference quote every day. And the one that was, the one that was featured today has to do a little bit with what what I'm talking about right now. It's by Hugo Montoya, and it says, happiness does not depend on the circumstances, but on our attitude toward the circumstances. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind as we discuss, as we discuss what's happening here, okay? So, there have been a lot of instances in the New Testament and just in life in general in which Christ has healed someone when everyone thought that that person was past the point of no return, okay? One of the stories that is featured in Come Follow Me this week is the story of Jairus and his daughter. And she was extremely sick, but Jairus was searching for the Savior because he wanted the Savior to bless her, to help her live and heal. As he was looking for the Savior, a messenger 
told Jairus, your daughter is dead. It's too late. Like you, she can't be healed at this point. She's gone. And, and then Jairus found the savior and they were on their way to go heal his daughter when a woman who had suffered with a health ailment for 12 years touched his robe and was healed because of her faith. Okay, so that happened on the way. And then, you know, the savior made it to Jairus's daughter and the daughter was healed as well, pretty much against all odds. And everyone was like laughing at the savior, but he basically just like sent it and it worked. So that those are kind of the two stories that we're going to talk about in this part of the lesson. And I think, you know, the main the main theme from these stories is that both Jairus and the woman had so much faith and because of their faith they were blessed, right? And they were healed of things that really shouldn't have been healable, you know, but they were. And I think that when thinking about these stories, it makes me think about things in my life that I want to be healed. And, you know, I think everyone has some things in their lives where they feel like they can never be resolved. Like it's just too late. Pretty much nothing can fix it. Whether that is an issue of your own, whether you feel like you have done something wrong that you can never get over or can never be forgiven for, or whether that's someone else in your life who has hurt you or who has made a wrong decision or whatever it is, or perhaps something bad has happened to you or someone else that has nothing to do with your decisions, you know, like a sickness or something. And I think that there are a lot of situations like that where you can look at it and say, I don't know how this will ever, ever be healed. I don't know how this can ever get better. And it's really important to remember that nothing is out of the reach of the Savior. The Savior can perform miracles and he will perform miracles in your life. We don't know what those miracles are. Some things may never be healed. Some things may never be resolved. And that's okay too. But... I think that these stories are really uplifting to me because it reminds me that nothing is ever past the point of no return. We can always come back to the Savior. We can always hope for something better and better days will come. So I think one thing that impressed me while I was reading about the faith of the people in these accounts were that even when other people around them were telling them that it was impossible for Christ or for anyone to fix their situation, they still persevered, right? Even when Jairus was approached by the messenger who was like, listen, your daughter's dead, like nothing's going to work. He still, he still persevered. He still brought the Savior back to his daughter and his, he was blessed because of that faith, that unwavering faith where he knew that Christ could do something about it and that he would do something about it. And I think that having faith like that can be hard, right? And it, I think it requires a lot of hope and a lot of trust in the Savior. 
And the only way that we can build that trust in the Savior is through consistently trying to build a relationship with him. And that means praying to him regularly, which is something that I need to get better at doing. And reading about him regularly, learning about him, you know, listening to what his messengers have to say, just trying to surround yourself with influences of the Savior so that you can become more like him. And I also think a big part of it too is just keeping the Savior in your thoughts throughout the day and in any given situation trying to say like, okay, what would the Savior do here? How would the Savior treat this person? right? Or what would the Savior think in this situation? Things like that, like just really trying to, really trying to bring the influence of the Savior into any aspect of your life at any point, right? And I also want to emphasize here that, you know, with that faith that the people in these stories were exhibiting, you never know what is going to happen in any given situation, right? Like, it can go so many different ways. Like, I feel like we kind of trick ourselves into thinking we have control over stuff, but we really don't, you know? Like, that's a scary thought because having control over things is pretty much, like, what brings, at least is what brings me security in my life. But we don't. And I think that that can go, that can go good and that can go bad. But I want to talk about how that can go good right now. You don't, you never know what's going to happen, okay? If you are, if you have a situation in your life where you feel like it can never be resolved or something can never be healed, you don't know that. And so if you feel prompted to do something, do it, right? I'm going to use relationships as an example just because I feel like it's an easy one and it's one that most of us can relate to. If there's a person in your life that you have a strained relationship with for whatever reason, and you feel prompted to reach out to them or give them, you know, give them a call, send them a text or I don't know, like visit them, whatever. Like if you feel prompted to do something like that, you don't know what's going to happen, right? You never know how that's going to go. And so I just think that even if the situation seems impossible, doing little things to try and improve it, even if you don't know whether they're going to do anything or not, can help if if that's what you're being prompted to do. And I kind of want to come back to that a little bit later when we talk about being in the Lord's service. But for now, we're going to move on to a quote from this section, which is when Christ says, be not afraid, only believe. Okay. And when I was thinking about this phrase, I was kind of trying to think of it in specifics, you know, like, what does that look like? What does that mean for us specifically? I came across a talk called Be Not Afraid, Only Believe by Dieter F. Uchtdorf, okay? And he kind of lists some things that help us take this into action. He lists things like standing loyal to God. Practicing what you preach throughout the week, you know, not just on Sunday, not just like going to church on Sunday and saying, these are all the things that you should do, but then not doing anything, right? Really trying to embrace the gospel and have it be a part of who you are. Really, well, not even a part of who you are. It should like be who you are, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, also, do you know, okay, going along with this, do your daily actions reflect clearly what you claim to believe? 
kind of avoiding that hypocrisy that I think is really easy. And that's definitely something that I do sometimes. Serving others. Specifically here, he says, are you helping the poor and needy, the sick and afflicted? Are you thinking outside of yourself? You know, are you trying to fill the needs of others and mourn with those who mourn? He says, quote, do we just talk the talk or do we enthusiastically walk the walk? I thought that was kind of a, a cute little, cute little one-liner. I think that these are, these are all ways that we can believe and not be afraid. And I think a lot of the time, not being afraid really comes down to a choice, which I know is like not easy advice to follow because it's like, okay, like just choose not to be afraid, guys. Don't even worry. But like, that is like kind of how it is though, you know? And so it's like we always say, it's the little things. It's the little consistent things that get you to where you want to be, right? I remember one time, I don't remember... This is maybe a bad reference because I don't remember who said it at all or like who they were, but I, I agree. I think it's true, right? And I saw this like TikTok on YouTube of this guy that was talking about exercise and he was talking about basically what he said was like, if you work out for nine hours in one day, you're not going to see any results. But if you work out for 20 minutes for, you know, three weeks, then you are going to see results because it's not about how big the workout is or how long the workout is. It's about how consistent the workout is and whether you're doing it over time. And I think that applies to pretty much everything, which a lot of the time is a mental game, you know, because it's easy to do things when you feel like doing them. If you wake up one day and you're like, I feel like running for nine hours, which I mean, that's never happened to me, but if it has good for you, then that's easy to do it when you feel like it. But the hard thing about doing something consistently is that at least I feel like I rarely feel like doing something consistently, especially if it's something that's not naturally fun to me, you know, like reading the scriptures, right? But those doing things consistently are what's going to really change us. Because I think it was a talk by Uchtdorf recently in the past couple years that was saying, like, the shape of your day equals the shape of your life. The things that you're prioritizing day to day are the things that you're going to be prioritizing over your whole life because your life is made up of days. Another, a quote that I really liked, a quote that I really liked from this talk um, by Uchtdorf is, quote, We believe in God because of things we know with our heart and mind, not because of things we do not know. Our spiritual experiences are sometimes too sacred to explain in worldly terms, but that doesn't mean they are not real. And here he's kind of talking about how sometimes it's hard. It's hard to be not afraid and it's hard to believe because our testimonies and our spiritual experiences can be hard to take out of the abstract sometimes. Like, because a lot of the time it's like a feeling or a vibe, you know, and those kinds of things are easy for us to brush off, I think. Like, I was talking to someone once who had 
been kind of in a crisis of faith and had left the church. And they were saying to me that basically what they said was, how am I supposed to know that the church is true? Because basically they were saying that they no longer felt like the church was true because they felt like all of the feelings that they had had or that anyone has that they attribute to being like spiritual feelings and revelation are just their brain trying to make them feel better. Like they were just convincing themselves that they were having feelings, but they were actually just feelings and they were nothing more. And I think that's kind of what Uchtdorf is tackling here, which is like, like it's easy to say that and it's easy to brush those things aside. But it's important to remember that we believe in God because of things we know, not because of things we do not know, right? And basically, he's saying to doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. Prioritize your faith over your doubts, right? He also says, quote, when we choose to believe, exercise faith unto repentance, and follow our Savior Jesus Christ, we open our spiritual eyes to splendors we can scarcely imagine. Thus, our belief and faith will grow stronger and we will see even more. I liked this quote because I like the idea of when you do things a little at a time, they build on each other, right? He's saying that your belief and faith will grow and you will see more and more as you consistently believe and have faith, right? And so I think when you're first starting to exercise your faith and you're first starting to be not afraid and only believe... It can feel unnatural. It can feel kind of weird. It can feel scary. It can feel a lot of things. You can feel a lot of things. But as you do it more and more, it becomes more natural and it becomes more of a part of who you are and how you think regularly. And that's reassuring to me because it's like, it's almost like it's a skill that I'm going to get better at over time. And it's like, it's not always going to feel this weird. And at the end of the talk, he basically closes out by saying, quote, We can choose to believe, for in belief we discover the dawn of light, we will discover truth, we will find peace. And is that not the goal? Don't you just want to feel at peace 24-7? Because that's what I want to feel. And I also really want to discover the dawn of light and all truth. So I think that being not afraid and believing is something that I'm going to be thinking about more, especially the be not afraid part, because I don't really think of myself as someone who is afraid very much, but I personally am going to think into that a little bit more and kind of decide like what that means for me. Another talk that I think is relevant to what we're discussing here with faith and belief, and this talk is also cited in the Come Follow Me lesson, It is Drawing the Power of Jesus Christ into Our Lives by Russell M. Nelson. Um, And he starts off basically by saying, hey, there's a lot of problems in the world today, and that's pretty discouraging. However, God has given us access to his power to spread his light. And then he goes on to say, it's power sufficient to deal with the burdens, obstacles, and temptations of our day. So basically, he's like, listen, things are tough, but like chill. Don't even worry about it. And then he goes on to give us a few ways that we can access this power. And the first thing that he says is that we need to learn of Christ, which basically means reading your scriptures, 
listening to what his prophets have to say, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, going to church, having discussions, listening to Come Follow Me podcasts, perhaps, all good things like that. He says, the more we know about the Savior's ministry and his mission, the more we will understand what he did for us and the more we know that he can provide the power that we need in our lives, right? For me personally, like when I learn about Christ, I feel like it inspires me to be more like him, which is the effect that I feel like reading my scriptures and stuff like has on me most often. I just think any time, literally any time I read a story about Christ, I'm just struck with the level of grace and faith that he handled every situation with. I mean, he was always compassionate. He was always patient. You know, he was never like quick to anger or he never... He never wavered from his values, but he also always was loving to people who disagreed with him and who persecuted him. And he was understanding to people around him. And I think that these are all things that we can use a little more of in the world today. And I don't know. We're faced with a lot of difficult situations, whether that be, you know, relationships with people or... Um, stresses with work or stresses with school or just, you know, mental health struggles or whatever. I mean, there's so many different things. And I think that learning of Christ personally helps me deal with those difficult situations because it gives me a good idea of how to act in any given situation. Like, I feel like any time I try and think to myself, what would Jesus do here? It doesn't take me very long to decide what he would do. Like, and I think that we get better at that, obviously, the more that we learn about him, right? The better, the more you know about Christ, the easier it is going to be to answer that question. I just feel like Christ gives us, he's so consistently compassionate. He's so consistently gracious and full of faith and love that I think it's easy for me to imagine how he would act in any given situation. And that really gives me a good jumping off point when I'm trying to decide where I need to go next or how I should deal with something. Because I have that kind of background knowledge of what Christ what Christ has done and what he would do. Obviously, I'm not a perfect person. Like, there are a lot of times where I don't ask myself that question. <laughs> And I just do what I want to do and it doesn't usually go well. So maybe don't do that. <laughs> don't do what I would do. Do what do what Christ would do. Another thing that uh, President Nelson talks about in this talk is utilizing the Savior's atonement in order to access his power. And again, like I've talked about this in previous episodes Utilizing the atonement does involve repenting for things that you've done wrong, but it also is just, in general, like, it's the way that we become better. It's the process of us just improving ourselves, and I think, you know, we are always becoming better, and when tr when utilizing the Savior's atonement on a regular basis, it's less about being like, I'm sorry that I did this wrong, and it's more about, okay, I'm going to reflect on today 
and think about how I could do a little bit better tomorrow, right? And sometimes I go, you know, I like everyone, I go through ups and downs with my level of commitment to the gospel. Well, okay, I feel like I put that in the wrong way. I don't know, like sometimes I'm on top of my game and I'm like reading my scriptures every day and then sometimes I'm not on top of my game and I haven't read the Book of Mormon in a year. So it's like, (laughs) I just feel like, and sometimes when I'm going through those ruts, it's daunting to utilize the Savior's atonement in this way because it's like, where do I even start? You know, like there's so many ways that I can improve and I'm just not where I feel like I should be. And I just don't even know what to do to get there. And then it just feels overwhelming and then I get stressed out. But like so many other things in life, it's important to just take it one step at a time. And I feel like when I am feeling this way, the best thing that I can do is just pray about it and say, listen, I want to improve. Where should I start? You know, and starting small and taking things one step at a time is a philosophy that is well known. (laughs) You know, like I think that this is applied to pretty much everything and it's how you get to literally any goal. And so if I'm overwhelmed with a task, I always create smaller tasks and break them up, right? And it's kind of like what I was talking about before with the consistency. And so... I think that in utilizing the Savior's atonement, I guess what I'm saying is it's not just about if you do something really wrong, like you need to utilize the atonement so that you can be forgiven. Like, yes, you do. And that's, I'm not saying that's a bad experience. That's a wonderful experience and it's necessary and it brings us closer to Christ and it helps us love him more and it helps us understand the gospel more and that's wonderful. And also, the atonement is about the little things, too. And it's about just becoming a better person in general. So, another another thing that President Nelson mentions that we should do in order to access his power is to make and keep covenants. I think this one's pretty self-explanatory, so I'm not going to go into it too much. But basically, just following the covenant path and when you feel that it's time for you to take on a new covenant or when, you know sometimes it's I guess it's not when you feel but just when the time has come um doing that and moving forward on the covenant path in that way and um the last thing I want to say about this talk is a quote from the end which is the gospel of Jesus Christ is filled with his power which is available to every earnestly seeking daughter or son of God it is my testimony that when we draw his power into our lives both he and we will rejoice And I think that's a great little quote because rejoicing is something that I like to do. (laughs) So now we're going to move on to the next section of the Come Follow Me lesson, which is that the Lord gives his servants power to do his work. Okay. So in Matthew 10, Jesus gives his apostles some instructions on fulfilling their work and basically he's saying go out and serve and spread the gospel that's like the general gist of it and so i'm gonna talk briefly about how we can access his power in the work we have been called to do okay and this is not like i think it's easy to just kind of think of this in the context of your calling but it's not just that the work you've called to do also pertains to your family your friends your own personal study, 
service to those around you, developing your hobbies and talents, getting an education, things like that. I mean, there's so many different, it could be your, your actual work. It could be your career, you know, like whatever it is. I think that each of us have, have a unique mission here and our work doesn't just involve our church callings. It's also, it's a conglomeration of a lot of other things. And so the question is, how can we access his power in the work that we've been called to do? And the first thing that came to my mind was to act in faith. When it comes to doing the Lord's work, I don't think there's any better way to do it other than just doing it. And I think there really is something to be said for acting immediately when you receive a prompting and not overthinking it. I used to really have a hard time with promptings because I'd always be like, okay, is that a prompting or not? I don't know. Or is that just me? It's like, if it's good, who cares? If it's a good thing, who cares? And I feel like I tend to now just err on the side of it's probably a prompting if I get a thought in my head and it's like a nice thing. Obviously, if the thought's like, you should punch that guy, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like, well, God told me to, so. But (laughs) if it's a good thing, just do it. Why not, you know? And so, I think acting in faith is one way to access his power in the work you've been called to do. I also think this includes praying for opportunities to act and praying to be in the right mindset to receive revelation for the work that you have to do. I also think an important thing to mention here with acting in faith is acting for the right reasons. When you are accessing God's power to do what he wants you to do, it's not about you doing it. It's about glorifying God. And that's something that is consistently shown through the stories of Christ is that he always attributes his power and his purpose to his father in heaven. And that's something that we should be doing as well. You know, like remembering that when you're acting in faith and you're doing the work that you've been called to do, you're just serving God. And it's all in an attempt to build up his kingdom and it's glorifying him. And it's not, it's bigger than us. You know, it's not about you. Like, being awesome. (laughs) Right? Okay, so now that we've talked about receiving the Lord's power to do his work, I also want to talk about um, another point from the lesson, which is how Christ will inspire you to know what to say in certain situations. Okay, in the lesson, it says that he, Christ knew that his disciples were going to be persecuted and questioned about their faith. And so he promised the disciples that they would know by the spirit what they should say in those situations. And in the lesson, it asks if you've ever had an experience like this before. And this brought me back to one very specific evening that it was about 18 months ago, probably now. And I have, I have a friend, we're still friends, and they at the time were really, they had been really struggling with their relationship with the church for a few years. And we, we were cool. And we didn't really talk much about the gospel a ton. 
Not that we were avoiding it, but just that it didn't come up a lot. I don't know, because it wasn't something that we really had in common and it was kind of a sensitive topic, you know. But they knew that I was a member of the church and that I truly believed in it and that it was a big part of who I was, right? And I knew that they were kind of, you know, iffy. They were figuring it out. And so it was just something that it wasn't like a no-no topic. It was just that we didn't talk about it very often because it was kind of a hard one to navigate, right? But there was this one, one evening where they were pretty... They were pretty just upset and kind of hurt about something that had been recently said by a church leader. And they were kind of, they were talking with me about it. And it kind of got brought up out of nowhere. And I was, I felt pretty unprepared for the conversation. Like, I just remember being really nervous and they were kind of talking to me about it. And I was just sitting there thinking like, oh my gosh, like how I respond in this situation is gonna, like, really affect how they think about what has happened and, like, how they think about the church. And I was just sitting there, like, this is a lot of pressure. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm not equipped to deal with this, you know? And as they were talking to me, I said a little prayer, you know? And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing please help me to just say the right thing. Like, I just, I want to, I don't know what to say here. Please help me say the right thing. And I just remember feeling just this calm wash over me because I had been really stressed before. And um, my friend finished kind of what they were saying and it was my turn to talk, you know, and kind of respond. And I don't even really remember what I said like and I didn't even really know what I was saying at the time like I remember like I dropped them off and I came back home and I got home and I was like what did I even say I don't know but I just remember the I remember the feeling that I had which was that I felt as if Christ was telling me exactly what I should say in that situation And it was a good feeling because I was like, I was here at the right time in the right place. And now I'm doing something that hopefully will have some kind of positive impact. And I don't, I don't know how they, I don't know how my friend remembers that night. I don't know. We never talked about it after. But at least for me, it was like a really big faith building experience because that really solidified to me that. Christ is there for us and he will help us to know how to respond in those difficult situations when we don't know how to respond. And I know that probably a lot of missionaries have a lot of these experiences. And I didn't serve a mission, so I can't say that I have had a lot of those experiences, but that one definitely stood out to me as one where I was unequipped on my own to deal with the situation and Christ told me, inspired me what I should say. And it was, it was just like a really, really cool experience. And I just remember leaving that, that night and going home and just being overwhelmed with emotion and just thinking like, wow, that was just like one of the most spiritual experiences that I've ever had. It was crazy and it was really cool. So yeah, that was, that's kind of like my little, uh, little experience with the Lord telling me what to say. But I think that when we pray to know what to say in those situations, we will be aided in that. 
I guess is what I'm saying. And I think that, so another question that the lesson asks is, what do you feel inspired to do so that you can have those experiences more often? I think the number one thing is to not be afraid to talk about the gospel with people. And I'm not saying that in like, you should go around being preachy and overbearing and like telling people what they should be doing and like what they're doing wrong. Like obviously, well, first of all, that's not what Jesus did. Like that's not the example that he set. And that's not really going to get us anywhere, I think. But I think that if you are, if you are building like a genuine friendship with someone, it's okay for them to know that the gospel is an important part of your life. And if they are a genuine friend, then they will understand that that's important to you. Like people understand that people have values and things that are important to them that maybe they don't agree with for the most part. But I guess what I'm saying is, not being afraid to identify with the gospel and not hiding it, you know, like just having it be a part of who you are and being allowed, like allowing yourself to mention it in just a personal way and just talking about your own experience or experiences in a genuine way. And I think that from my experience, that has always opened the door to some pretty cool discussions that aren't that are positive, you know, even with people that like really disagree with me or not me personally, I guess, but just like they have like issues with certain church things or whatever. And I think that as far as not hiding your religion goes, when you're living the gospel, people will know that you're living it and that it's a part of you and that it's important to you. And if they know you and you're trying your best to be like Christ, then they're going to know that you are a good person and Hopefully that will open up opportunities to have those kinds of discussions. I've had, I've been thinking about this a little bit more recently because just because since starting this podcast, I've kind of had some interesting experiences with this. I feel like broadcast, I don't know. I feel like coming on each week and talking about the gospel and stuff has opened up opportunities for me to have more gospel discussions with my friends and family. I've had a few people say to me like, oh, it's cool listening to the podcast because it shows a side of you that I don't really see outside of it. And I'm like, that's great. You know, I'm so happy about that. But also I'm like, why are they not seeing that side of me outside of it? Like, I feel like I should be talking about it more, I guess, maybe. But just because the gospel is a big part of who I am. I just think that when you are willing to kind of be vulnerable in that way and open up a little bit, it helps others feel like they can be vulnerable and open up a little bit and then that provides opportunities to have discussions like that but yeah anyway anyway that's everything that i have thank you so much for listening basically coming away from this episode i personally am going to think about how i can heed christ's instructions to be not afraid and only believe and also how I can access his power to do the work that I personally have been called to do. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Don't forget to follow Green Bananas on Instagram if you haven't already. The username is at Green Bananas Podcast. And thank you so much for listening and I'll chat with you again in the next episode. Bye.